You ready? Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Amen. Praise God for his word. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Amen. I have a few announcements. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve those to the latter part of the service. Is that all right? And I want to get into this word. You know, we started a new sermon series. It's entitled uh, Service Over, over uh, Self. Amen. S-O-S. Service over self. And we talked about how S-O-S is this distress signal. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, a reaching out because calamity has occurred. Dangers imminent are upon a person or a circumstance. You know, they used it in the early part of the last century uh, as a distress code. Um, Morse code, S-O-S, save our souls or save our ship. Amen. And so it, it's indication of urgency. And the reason I pulled out SOS and made an acrostic for this sermon is because the topic is so urgent. Amen. Because I, I, don't, I think we underestimate our value to the kingdom and what God wants us to contribute to the kingdom. Amen. And what the Bible has to say about who we are, and what we should be about. Amen? The Bible is a phenomenal book. Can I get a witness in the house? I hope you've read it. I hope you're reading it. I hope you're studying it. I hope you're meditating on it daily. I hope it's a part of your daily devotional life. Amen, somebody. And, and uh, it's primarily stories. It's poetry. It's theological essays. Uh, there are wisdom one-liners. Before there was Twitter, there was, there was Proverbs. <laughs> Amen. Wisdom one-liners. And, uh, and so the Bible is phenomenal in what it has to say about life and living. And I love the fact that, you know, we sin tend to be kind of voyeuristic in our culture anyhow, but I love the fact that it has the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
Amen? And folk are serving in spite of their condition and in spite of their predicament. They're, they don't have a sense if they're called that there's some pre-qualification that has to happen. Amen? Uh, they know that God has called them and they're about the business. Amen, somebody. And the Bible tells us about God's sacrifice, his thoughts, his, his thinking, his imaginings, his, his desires, his, his hope for us. And it births hopefulness, not fear, but hope, not doubt, but faith. Amen? Uh, the Bible is alive. Amen? You can read the same scripture every day this week, and every day this week it'll have a different message for you. Because the Bible, through the Spirit of Christ, is alive. The Word says that all other things will fade and fail, but the Word of our God is going to stand forever. Amen? So embrace it, love on it, and let it love on you. Amen? But too often we, releg we have relegated ourselves to being churchy. Mm. Churchy. Churchianity as opposed to Christianity. Amen, somebody. See, churchianity is, you know, we put together a set of our own rules that we want to adhere to in order to please God and appease God. You know, so I'll attend church regularly, you know. I'll periodically open the Bible. I'll pray every now and then, you know, just kind of minimizing what God wants from us. So there's no real cost. No real effort, no real investment in becoming all that God wants you to be. Amen. And so, you know, and then we get caught up in the legalism of it and maybe even the status of it. Amen. At one time, you know, in the African, predominantly African-American church, you know, if a person had status, they didn't have it out there, but they, it was possible for them to have it in here. They'd be an officer, president of the usher board. Chairman, this, and, you know, a, a designation, a, a point of status. Amen? And so, in a lot of instances, it became more social than spiritual. Uh, the church is not a social club. Amen? The church is the body of Jesus Christ. And a body that's not in motion <laughs> is dead, lifeless. Atrophy will occur. In other words, you'll lose muscle and sinew and ligaments. It, 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 it'll be, you'll lose your usefulness without being in motion. Isn't that ironic how God created us? You would think that, you know, if, if, I'm not, if I don't use my body, it, I would save it. You know what I mean? It's like a car that you don't drive. You know, it's going to last longer. You might have to tune it up and get it back in shape, but it's got, it's got more elasticity because it's not being used. But our bodies are the opposite. The more you use them, amen, the more you can use them. You know, so exercise produces st stamina and strength and vitality, amen. Eating right, all those kinds of things add to us, amen. And so in motion, we grow, we thrive, we live, we get stronger, amen. But if we're not in motion, what happens? Huh? What happens? Y'all don't want to say the F word, do you? 
You get fat. <laughs> Have mercy, Lord. I ain't, you know, I'm just trying to make it plain. And, and so we got to be in motion as the body of Christ. Jesus said, I'm the head. You're my body. And I want my body in motion. Amen. Amen. So the question is, are you in motion? Amen. See, 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 a, a church that, a, a church here means to be gloom and doom as opposed to faith and hope and love, you know. And, 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 and what it amounts to is a simple-minded faith, you know. A simple-minded faith that's legalistic, that's telling you what, you, what, what, what not to do. And you think because you got some of the not-to-dos in order that you're that you active in the faith because you don't drink or you don't smoke <laughs> or these other ills and woes and lows and sins. You know, I don't do that, so I'm, I'm not, I ain't going down the road as far as somebody else, so I must be good. Amen. But as I've said before, goodness without God is good for nothing. You might establish what you might think a moral habit, but a moral habit is not good enough. Amen. God wants us to be engaged, and he wants us to give him the glory if our lives have been cleaned up in any way. Amen. If I'm inspired and motivated to do good, it's because the Spirit of God is alive in me. Amen. I don't get the credit. The Spirit of God gets the credit. I can't brag or boast about it. I can't be condemning or judgmental about anybody else because I didn't achieve this on my own. It is by the grace and power of Almighty God that my mind has been renewed, that my, my mind has changed, my, my outlook has changed, my perspective on life has changed, my, my lifestyle has changed because of the power of God in me. So I can't take credit for it. Amen. So I become a witness if I don't become a braggart, an egotistical, a, a Christian that's looking down on somebody else. Amen. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we're called to serve people. And you can't serve anybody that you're looking down on. You're judging them. I can't serve if I'm judging. Well, whether they qualify for my service, whether they, you know, really deserve my service, whether my service is worthy of their, of, of you know, this, my service, they, they can't, they're not worthy of my service and my engagement. So, so we withdraw and we withhold and we qualify and we step back. Amen. And we uh, get into this place where, where we're not dressed for service. This text says, uh, in, the, in, the, in the King James, it would say, gird up your loins. Amen. What is it talking about? Stay dressed for action. That's what it says here in the 35th verse. It said, are you dressed for action? You know, let me tell you, leisure dress in uh, the, the Middle East, because it's so hot, that where the men and the women would have on robes. And they would have on loosely fitting robes because... You don't want nothing up against your skin if it's hot. As little as possible. So you want a loosely fitting robe. And sometimes, so, but if you want to do work, you had to put on your belt. You understand? Because you don't want a loosely fitting robe caught, caught up in something or trip over it, anything like that. So you have to gird up in order to do work. You have to put your belt on. Amen. So in ancient times, you know, if you put your belt on, you was, you was ready for labor. If you put your belt on, 
you were ready to get to work. If you put your belt on, it showed that you were about to get engaged in the work. So, so this text is telling you, put your belt on. Amen. Stop being in your leisure robe. Amen. Unready and unwilling to work. You got to be ready to work. And the word says, it's a season for working. And if you miss your season, he says, night is coming where no man can work. So there's a season of light in all of our lives. There's a season of work, praise God. And frankly, we got stamina and strength for a season. Our stamina and strength is, has an expiration date on it. So we got a season that we can get to work. Amen, somebody. And Jesus says, I want you to get to work now and be ready to work, be ready to serve, be ready to be a slave to me because I am the master. The master is calling. And the question is, are you answering the call? Are you hearing the call? Are you heeding the call? Are you adhering to the call? Are you engaged in the call that's on your life? And it's a call that's on all of our lives. It's not relegated to the ordained or the professional holy man or woman. It is for all of us to get engaged and involved in the work of the kingdom of God. The word says we're a priesthood of all believers. Amen, somebody. And we're not called uh, to be perfect. Amen. Even though the culture says, if you're not perfect, just fake it. Amen. Make sure your Facebook and your Instagram, uh, you know, posts reflect perfection at least. You know, even if you got a Photoshop and air, airbrush the, the photo and crop some stuff out, you know, make it work, baby. Make it do what it do. That picture don't look right. That one, that one, that one. That. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Post that one. Post. <laughs> you know, so we're building this image. Amen. And we see folks' image out there, and we're setting forth an image. Amen. An image of perfection. And you look at some posts, you think life is going great for everybody, but the Word of God says man's days are few and full of trouble. I got trouble, you got some trouble. Amen, somebody. You can fake it till you make it, but the bottom line, there's some trauma and trouble in everybody's life. And so we need to get real. We're not to be per perfect our image. We're supposed to reflect God's image. Did you hear me? We're not supposed to be perfecting our image. We're supposed to reflect the image of God. Be like him. Amen. And when we're like him, we don't have to be perfect. Amen. Because he gave us the right to be ourselves. And he's working on us. Amen. But image is the order of the day. The culture obsessed with outward appearance. We're like the Greeks. You know, the Greeks were obsessed with outward appearance. That's why they made all these statues and these beautiful uh, paintings and, you know, uh, all, sculptures and all of that. You know, they, they were involved and invested in outward appearance. And we are too. Even more so. Because like I said, we'll make one if we, can't, if we don't have one. <laughs> we'll make one up. We'll crop it. We'll airbrush it. We're, we're, we're a culture obsessed with our estimation of what beauty is. Amen? You know, that's why it sells. Marketing, advertisement, you know, media campaigns. It sells. These images that, that arrest our attention, that, you know, you, got, you sell toothpaste with beauty. You sell a car. What, what potato chips got, with, got to do with a beautiful woman? <laughs> Amen, somebody. 
It's just out there in our face. And as a result, we have these self-image problems. 78% of women, by the time they're 17 years old, are, feel, have, a, have a poor body image. You're 17, and you're unsatisfied with your body because they put Barbie out there. They got black Barbie now. They say if Barbie was a real person, <laughs> she wouldn't even be able to walk. She'd have to crawl. Feet too small, top too heavy, too skinny, and she would be anorexic. Amen? But we're looking at the images that are out there when God wants us to look at him, look to him. Don't live your life, you know, to be desired or admired. Let me say that one more time. Don't live your life simply to be desired or admired. Amen? Because if we live our lives that way, we'll never become servants of God. Because when we become servants of God, you got to have a little I don't care in you. I don't care what you think about me. Amen, somebody. You can talk about me as much as you please. As more you talk about me, I'm going to stay on my knees. got to have a little I don't care in you to do God's work. Because God works, works go against the, the grain. It is anti-social, anti-cultural. Amen? It's against the grain. It's not going with the flow. It's not a spirit of conformity. It's a spirit of activism. Amen, somebody? So, 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 so it's not tame or the same or lame in any way. We're engaged in the faith. Amen? So we, don't, we adapt to Christ's will, his word. We conform to the word of God. We don't have a spirit of complacency, indifference, apathy. You know, don't care about the things of God. God, what, cares, what God cares about is important to us. Can you say that for you? That what God cares about is important to me? Amen, somebody. A non-conformist that declares the word and will of God and stands on it. Man, a woman who girds himself up, who puts his belt on, is ready to work, ready to serve, ready to give him, him, him or herself in order for God's will to be accomplished. And God says, look, in this parable, the very short, brief parable about service, this shows you how much he values service. He says, always be ready to serve. And, and this, just know, I'm showing up one day, and I'm going to be the ultimate server. Amen? You know, this scripture says, when I come, when I come, the master shows up. God, through Jesus Christ, shows up. Amen? When he comes, I come to serve. He said, I'm going to spread the table for you. Now, you get busy spreading the table for other people, and when I get back, I'm going to spread the table for you. I'm going to give you access to the banquet food, the filet mignon, and, you know, salmon, and all the plush luxury dishes. I'm going to bring those to you. I'm going to serve you. Amen. God, Jesus said, I'm ready to serve you. Will you get to serving others? Amen? Now, now, in this instance, he's talking about, I'm serving in a hierarchical structure. I'm serving folk on the lower end of the rung, servants and slaves. What should a servant and slave do if the master shows up? Wash his feet and serve him. But guess what the master does? He shows up and he serves them. The value of service. This is, this is pre-Jesus washing feet. 
So he's kind of foretelling that this is what I'm really all about. I'm about washing feet. I'm about service. I didn't come to serve. I mean, to be served. I came to serve. Amen? So if you really want to gain your life, lose it. If you want, really want to gain status in the sight of God, amen, become the least of these. Amen? If you want, really want to be the greatest in the kingdom, become like a child, become like a servant, become like a slave. Amen, somebody. And with that, your life will be no longer be miserable, but memorable. We remember people who serve us. Wow, that was phenomenal hospitality. Wow, they gave of themselves and they just laid out the red carpet. We remember that. Amen, somebody. And so, so, so we got to realize this investment of time and energy and effort, amen, is not for naught. The more I give, the more I move, the more God adds to me. Amen. So we're saved to walk in the Spirit. And in order to be in sync with the Spirit, y'all with me today? In order to be in sync with the Spirit, I got to be in sync with the Word of God, and I got to be possessed by the Word and the Spirit of God. Amen, somebody. So I'm watching and moving and living for Jesus. I'm watching and moving and living for Jesus. I'm watching and moving and living for Jesus. I'm watching. Amen. I'm watching Jesus. I'm watching the path of the saints. I'm watching others with spiritual authority. I'm trying to develop my pathway. Amen. I'm watching. I'm observing. I'm moving. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. I'm being attentive to the word, will, and ways of a mighty, loving, and a living God. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen. And you do not lose strength from giving. You gain strength. That's the reason the word of God says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Amen, somebody. We're saved to live for God. You know, last week I was talking about how in the faith, it's not just enough to visit, but you got to belong. You know, it's not just enough to watch, you got to worship. Amen? It's not just enough to seek, you got to follow. Amen? It's not just enough to consume, you got to contribute. It's not just enough to be transformed, you got to become a transformer. Amen, somebody? So God is calling us to make an impact, not to impress, but to make an impact. Again, not to impress, but to make an impact, to gird yourself up, get ready to get your clothes dirty. Amen? You ought to, you ought to wear the clothes that, that, that says, I'm ready to get engaged. Amen, somebody. Ready to get involved. You know, some folk got some clothes on, and you can't get me to work in these clothes. I don't have no outfit that I don't mind working in. The outfit ain't that important. If, if, the work, if there's work to be done, I'll work in it. Amen. Will you work in that outfit? If, if work needs to be done, or have, are we closed-minded and so caught up in our own pain that we are paralyzed to make a difference for somebody else? Amen. We should, uh, we should allow our painful experiences to become pain-fueled. You ought to be fueled by your pain. Your pain ought to teach you something. Your pain ought to inspire you to serve. Your pain ought to get you to care about others who are going through something similar. 
Amen. Your pain ought to birth passion and concern and compassion. Amen, somebody. Don't let your pain, you know, just paralyze you. You're just paralyzed by the pain. All you can do is think about the pain, how hurt I am, how much it hurts, how difficult life is. Amen, somebody like you, the only one. So we're reacting to the pain as opposed to responding to the pain. How do you respond to pain? Struggle, the stress of life. Amen? Does it just knock you out? Or does it energize you to keep moving? Amen? Uh, faith moves mountains. But don't be surprised. God hands you a shovel. Amen. We can move a mountain, but in a lot of instances, we need to get to digging. Amen, somebody. And one thing God won't let you do, he won't, he won't let you become a bulldozer, but you can lift a shovel, and he'll be a bulldozer for you. Amen. Do you believe that you can become a type of savior? We are saved. He's called us to be involved in getting others saved so we can throw out the lifeline to somebody else. Are we invested and involved in throwing out the lifeline so that Jesus becomes a savior in somebody else's life? But not just savior, Lord. Lord means boss, CEO, supervisor, you know, just president. He's in charge. He's at large. Amen. Is Jesus like that for you? So he has authority in your life, and he, he is connected to what you do on a daily basis. Amen, somebody. So we're saved by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ did some mortal combat. He died to save us. Amen, somebody. And we ought to be appreciative of the sacrifice that he made. And we can conquer our nightmares and turn them into dreams. Amen, somebody. We can change this life of ours by investing in the work of Jesus Christ, by involving ourselves in what he's doing. Amen? By choosing service over self. Amen, somebody? Live as people who are free, 1 Peter 2.16. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Amen? So he's called us to live our lives freely, but he's given us the freedom to act on his behalf and to manifest his glory. Amen? So I'm a friend of God, a follower of God, and a fellow traveler with those who are following him. Amen? We all have a squad, a posse, dudes or, or ladies that, that, uh, that's kind of our group. I hope you got a group. That's my group. That's my, that's my, that's, that, those are my boys. That's my girls. Amen? Question is, are you like-minded in your search and your following after Jesus? Amen? If so, if not, that squad you got need to become the B team. Not that you don't let them play sometimes, but they're they coming off the bench. And I need, I need to get an A-team. I need some starters. Amen? So question is, if you're going to serve, you got to be around other people who are serving. 
to value it, amen, to see it in action, amen. Who's your squad? Who's your posse, amen? Who, 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 who are you investing in? Who, who's investing in you? Because if you go it alone, you can go fast and you'll go slow, but, but if you, you'll go far if we go together. So do we go together in achieving what God wants to achieve for us, amen? And it takes prayer to, to live a life of service. You know, they did some scientific studies. This is fascinating. And people, when they were involved in prayer, their frontal lobe just lit up. I mean, all this, this, the synapses were just firing. They got a way to see the activity of the brain. And when a person's in prayer, you know, their knowledge base, their intellect, their smarts kick in. So part of what God does in prayer is he opens your mind. While you're praying, you get smarter. Scientific studies. So the question is, you know, are you going to tap into your superpower? You say, well, where do ideas come from? Where, how do I know how to make decisions? Say some prayers and God open up your mind. Open up your heart. Open up your spirit. Open up a reservoir of wisdom that you didn't even know you had. That's why prayer is so important. It's, it's scientific, it's physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual. Amen? And, and, and so we got to pray, Lord, how and where do you want me to serve? And say, God, give me the courage to step out and serve. Amen? To become anti-establishment. Amen? To become unique. To become a part of the rebel force that God is building. To become a part of the resistance movement against the world, sin, Satan, evil, selfishness. Amen? To be birthed a vision, a vision of loveliness, a vision of God's power, a vision of God's majesty, a vision of God's kingdom, active and alive in the world. Amen? What Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, she said, there's no place like home. Amen? There's no place like hope. The hope that God builds in us when we serve. Amen, somebody? When we serve. So are we seeking to serve? Or are we seeking to be served? Amen? God is calling us to acknowledge who he is and how powerful he is. You know, you can see his power in a, in a microscope or a telescope. You look in that microscope, they got supercharged, phenomenal microscopes and telescopes now. And they can look at the insides of an atom and they say there are invisible elements to an atom that appear magical. There's teleportation and all kinds of things happening. These things are moving without you even seeing them move. This was once there for a moment, now it's over here. Powerful density in these properties that just manifest the power of God. Same thing with the billions of stars and the billions of galaxies. And they're saying that, you know, when God said, let there be, they're saying the galaxies is expanding. So when God said, let there be, it's still going. Amen? Let there be light. It's new suns and new stars are still birthed in the galaxies because God said, let it be. If God, the only way it's going to stop for God to say, that's enough. <laughs> Amen, somebody. 
So his power is manifest everywhere, and we must bow to his power. I can't see the wind, but it's real. I can't see electricity, but we know the power of electricity. Yeah, you might see a spark from plugging something in wrong or something like that, but you can't see electricity. You see the effects of it. You can't see wind. You see the effects of it. You can't see gravity. If I was to throw you a basketball, throw a basketball up in there, it's coming down because gravity is real. That pool is real, praise God, and the pool of God is real. The power of God is real. The presence of God is real. God is real. God's call on our lives should be real. God is saying we should be about his business. Peter said, to, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, if I don't wash your feet, you have no share with me. Jesus said, I'm about a life of service, and I'm willing to humble myself to serve others. Praise God. Matthew 25, 21, and the master said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Guess what you're called when you come into the heavenly precincts? You are called a servant. He says, well done, good, and faithful, what? Servant. That's what you're called. That's your designation. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Amen. 2 Peter 1.1. Simon Peter, a servant. He calls himself a servant. An apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing. He said the status is... Has, has been given to me because I'm a servant of God. And I was by the righteousness of our God and the Savior Jesus Christ. Mark 10, 22. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. See, you got to follow after Jesus. But some people decide not to follow. Why? Because of materialism, because of wealth, because of possessions, because of stuff and things. Amen, somebody. They want stuff and they invested in that world, that life. Matthew 8 and 22, and Jesus said to them, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Some folk are too invested in family even to follow after Jesus. Jesus said, come follow after me. The guy said, well, I got some folk, my, I got a, a, a parent I need to bury. Not that the parent was at, at, at death's doorstep, amen, but I need to give care to the parent. So he said, I ain't got time to serve, amen, because I'm doing other things with the family. But Jesus, you need to know when you serve Jesus, he will provide all your needs according to your riches and glory. Needs will be met. Care will be given. Resources will be disseminated, praise God, when we decide to follow Jesus. Amen, somebody. So, so don't let even your love for family, you know, get you preoccupied with not doing your work on behalf of our God. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus said, well, if you're going to go, don't even worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear or where you're going to live or where, where the resources are coming to to do the work. Praise God. He said, just go on my behalf and I'll meet your need according to my riches and glory. I don't even have somewhere to lay my head. Why are you so worried about this stuff? Jesus says, sir, Timothy 4.10, for Dumas, uh, a love with this present world has de deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. De in this instance, a person is unwilling to serve because of their love for the world. Their love for the world. They like the soundtrack of the world. They like the music and the lyrics. Amen. 
they live to that move and to that groove and to that sound and to that rhythm of the world. Amen. They're marching to the beat of that drum. Amen. That bass, that guitar. Amen. That vocal. Amen. They're moving to the lights of the city. Amen. The lights, the activity, the pleasure, the sensations, the frills, the thrills. Amen. They will play out, and they are short-lived. Amen. But you can't be moved simply by the world. And unfortunately, more and more of the church is moved by the world because we think churchianity is what we need as opposed to Christianity. We think that to be a Christian doesn't mean to be a disciple that that's just relegated for a few, but God has called us what? To make disciples. That means you can't make one unless you are one. So he's called us to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Galatians 1.10, for I am now seeking the proof, I am, I am now seeking the approval of man or of God, or I am trying to please man. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Amen, somebody. You know, am I a servant of Christ? If so, what's my job description? What's my job description? Let me just say in closing, won't you stand all over the house? The greatest are those who are willing to sacrifice. And again, these folk who are acknowledged, They didn't have a great pedigree or a great background or, you know, matter of fact, many of the disciples, one response to them was, look, look at these ignorant and unlearned men. No formal education, no, you know, scriptural training, but sold out, amen, for the cause of Jesus Christ, servants of his, you know, Rahab, prostitute is acknowledged in the hall of fame, the spiritual hall of fame, the hall of faith in Hebrews because of her service to the king. Amen. David, you know his background, lust, a killer. God said he's a man after my own heart because of his willingness to serve. Amen, somebody. And, and we can call the role. Moses, he didn't have no confidence. Had a bad temper. Amen. But God used him to liberate the people. Elijah, depressed, suicidal, but considered the greatest prophet. Amen. Of all time. Not, not a perfect person, but a powerful person because of a willingness to serve. Amen, somebody. Paul, a killer of Christians. God changed his heart, knocked him off that, that, that beast on the Damascus road and the, and the light shone upon him and his life was changed forever. And then he became an advocate and the most prolific writer in scripture. Paul was Saul, name changed. I once was lost, but now I'm fine, was blind. Now I see. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Peter known for consistently misspeaking, you know, impetuous. Whatever comes up, comes out. Saying stupid stuff, saying ignorant stuff, saying stuff he ain't got no business saying. Didn't have no good control of his mouth. Amen. Whatever he thought, you know, comes out. 
Peter. Peter, the one that denied him. Peter, because of his service, God said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against Peter, a man of service. God is calling us to a life of service. So consider his will for you and your life. Amen. And invest and involve yourself in the work of the kingdom. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Service over self. Self, your agenda, your itinerary, your schedule, you know, your aspirations, your ambitions, your goals, your objectives. You know, service over self. And he says, if you first come after the kingdom of God, he says, I'll add all other things to you. Isn't that a powerful promise? You won't be empty. You'll be full. You won't lack. You'll be prosperous. You won't be energyless. You'll be full of energy. You won't be hopeless. You'll be full of hope. You won't be without love. You'll be full of love because the power of God engaged in you. Amen. So I want to invite somebody to say, yes. Yes, Lord. I'm yours. Here I am. Take me. Use me. Mold me. Shape me. I'm yours. No fear, because God, when he uses you, it's, a, it's an ironic thing, he uses you how you're built, amen, how you're built. That's why we, we operate according to our giftings. He uses you in the area of your gifting. So he wants to use you. Turn to somebody near, near you and tell them he wants to use you. Point at him, he wants to use you. Turn to somebody else, he wants to use you. He wants to use you. That didn't sound too enthusiastic. I, I want you to say it with some energy and some, some joy to somebody. Don't just say, he want to use you. So turn to do that again. He wants to use you. Say it again. He wants to use you. That's exciting. That's, that's something you should be excited about. That God wants to use you and I. God wants to use you and I. God wants to use you and I. God. The creator of the universe wants to use his creation to make an impact on his behalf. So I want to invite somebody to make a decision today, to step out on faith, to let him have his way in your life today, to connect, to reconnect, to affirm or reaffirm, to dedicate or rededicate your life to Jesus the Christ. We invite you. We're going to worship for a few moments. We invite you to come. Come on, lift him up, lift him up.
on faith, doing the community, seeking a church home. 